Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of Leader Manager Coach. It's Rob Riles, welcome you to another program. In today's program I want to talk to you about a profound experience that I had which was yesterday, the details of which I'm going to share with you in an interview. But I was so profoundly affected by the experience that I felt moved to talk about what happened yesterday and share and share what it means. And it's obviously personal to me, but I feel it's really important to share it for reasons that will become apparent. And there are some phenomenal lessons in what happened yesterday. So just to put it into perspective, for those of you who are new to the podcast or who are just discovering the podcast or are just finding out and picking the odd episode up, about a year ago, I made a decision to use the platform of a podcast to talk about my story, to share knowledge, to share wisdom, to share information, to share insights about what my passion is because I felt there was a there was a need for it I felt that there were many 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 leaders many influencers managers coaches and yes it's particularly related to the world of football but it has a much greater and wider impact because the principles of success as we keep referring back to are universal but I felt that there was a great need for this kind of information that people could just tap into, could drop into, could use, could pick up nuggets here and there and utilize to help themselves, to help the people that they work with, to help their athletes, their players and influence people. And apart from that, it was something that I wanted to do. So that's what happened. And then I endeavored to, as as you will know, if you listen to the podcast, to share you know, things that I've learned myself and, and, and reference things and also to interview some key people. And a few months ago, one of the people that came across my path again, that I thought that, that there's somebody that I need to interview was the gentleman I interviewed yesterday. And that gentleman was Lou Macari, the Scotland Celtic and Manchester United playing legend. And for those of you who are not aware, Lou... Macari lives in Stoke-on-Trent where he managed on two occasions Stoke City um, and Lou is a, is a legend in this area because of, of what he achieved as a manager for this football club for Stoke City Football Club but that wasn't the reason that I wanted to interview Lou despite the fact that when we did chat and he did the interview he just took off in his own inimitable way and regaled me personally in his office 
And the great thing is that it's going to be able to be shared with stories, a life history of the game, his game, his upbringing, his playing career, the people who influenced him. It was littered, absolutely littered with great, great names. The greatest people who have, who have influenced our industry of professional football and football management. And I'm sitting there listening to all this. I'm laughing. We're laughing together. We are having an absolutely phenomenal time. And Lou just took off and talked about this kind of stuff with that a wonderful Scottish accent that he's got and, and, that, and that wonderful way of telling stories that, that Lou is so natural at and which probably contributed towards him being such a success. And he talked openly about so many things, but, I, you know, I can hardly kind of uh, really begin to, to go into the detail of, of what made it such a wonderful thing yesterday. So, and again, this is, this is a lesson in the fact that I was thinking, oh, I'm gonna, I want to, I want to interview Lou. So as you do, you get. Um, let me go back. The reason I wanted to interview Lou was because after his his amazing career in football and management, which he did such a, some amazing things. Lou Macari, um, for you, for those of you who don't know, in Stoke on Trent, he took it upon himself and he tells the story in his own words. And I cannot tell you how amazing it is to listen to Lou telling his own story about how this came about. It is wonderful. So around three years ago, this legend of the world of professional football took it upon himself to go out and start and help the homeless people in, who were sleeping rough in, in, in the city, as they are in many cities throughout the UK and the world. And that was the reason, because that I wanted to interview Lou because Lou um, went on to develop something which, which carries his name. It's called the Macari Centre and he doesn't doesn't talk about it in that way, but it's called the Macari Centre and it's in the city centre in Stoke-on-Trent. And it's difficult to find because it's just a building that's being utilised by Lou and his amazing staff to provide a shelter for 40, currently 44 homeless people, you know, who've been struck by misfortune and all, all 44 of them have their own individual story, I'm sure. So prior to that, I was thinking, right, I need, need to speak, to organise this interview with Lou and I, and I kept putting it off and kept putting it off and kept putting it off. Why? Because Lou McCarry was up there for me. He was a an icon for me. He was, you know, he was one of these... He was a legend to me and um, I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I didn't want to be rejected by Lou, essentially. So one day I just picked the phone up and rang the number three rings. Who answers? Lou. And I knew it was Lou because I knew his, his voice. But I still said, hi, is that Lou McCarry? He said, yes, yeah, speaking. I said, hi, Lou. I introduced myself. And I said, look, I'd like to interview. He said, yeah, great. Come down. Didn't even flinch. Just come down and um, let's just do whatever. So I put it in my diary. And um, yeah, yesterday was the day that I went and I turned up and I'm standing outside these gates, which are locked to the Macquarie Centre. And there's uh, a gaggle of homeless people outside and we get into some banter and some conversation. And they said, you know, you look like a sales rep and you this and you that. And we had a bit of a joke. And um, as I walked into the, into the centre, let in by... Leslie, 
who Lou says runs it. There's Lou carrying refuse sacks, going about the daily activities that he does every day that the centre needs to operate, carrying rubbish, going to the recycling. Essentially, you know, he offers me a cup of tea and we have a cup of tea and I sit in his office and we're surrounded by refuse sacks, bin bags full of clothes that have been donated and collected and are there for the people who are in the in the in the shelter. And um so we sit down and Lou then just starts and, and goes into his story. And that that's for you because that's coming up on, on on the podcast. So you know, whatever you do, whatever your role in life, whatever your niche in life, and particularly, particularly if you are a football coach or a manager and you have any, any, any notion, which I'm sure you absolutely have or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, of finding a seam of gold, of nuggets, of pure diamonds to take on board and use, listen to Lou's interview. Because it is completely littered with nuggets of gold. I can't put it any other way. Um, for 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 every aspect of, of of not only being a great football manager and a great leader in, in in an industry, but but you know getting on in life, and not only that, I hope it comes across in the interview. But I, I witnessed it yesterday, and I just wanted to share that because as 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 we we came in to do the interview, and as I left the interview, Lou took me around the, the dormitories and, and and the places where the the ladies and the guys sleep. And he's talking to them and he's having banter with them and he's having the crack with them and he's relating to them and he's discussing their challenges and their problems and the issues that go on with substance abuse, with drink, with drugs, with relationship breakdown, with real significant, severe financial issues, with addiction and everything else that goes with destitution and homelessness that us people who have jobs and have families and have houses things like that none of us really understand that from a an emotional point of view we just understand it uh, intellectually and there's Lou going about his business and you know we talked a little bit about people's entry into the into the shelter and people's exit from the, the shelter and this gentleman who's who has been an absolutely world class footballer you know played 400 i embarrassed myself and said Lou, you didn't you play 200 odd games i thought you played 200 odd games for manchester united he said no i played 400 odd so um you know he didn't flinch and uh, this guy understands he understands life. He understands what these people go through. And he has a philosophy. And it is nothing short of wonderful what this gentleman is doing, what he stands for, and what the way he interacts with people. And uh, Lou, I cannot thank you enough, A, for your time, and B, for the experience that, that you gave me yesterday. And the lessons in there were were amazing, to be honest. And, and they're all hopefully shared. And you'll pick your own pick the messages out as, as you listen to the to the interview. But it was something that was um, I was very privileged to do and uh, I won't be forgetting in a hurry. But that was that was that was Lou Macari. Um, 
And yeah, you know, it's something that uh, I, I cannot recommend strongly enough. So that's coming up on the podcast. And one of the things that Lou talked about, because I want to move on from that, one of the things that Lou talked about, the fact that when he was a youngster at, uh, at Celtic, he would train twice a week, um, two nights a week, seven o'clock. And it was a train and two buses to get to either Celtic Park, Parkhead, or Barrowfield Training Ground. I'm assuming it was Celtic Park. And he did that two nights a week until one day he was offered a, 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 a ground staff contract to be a, ground, a member of the ground staff at Celtic Park, or as they call them today, a, a scholar. I think the industry was a lot different then. In fact, we don't, I don't think, we absolutely know, but, uh, and Lou will tell you in his story, but as a ground staffer, that's what he was. He cleaned the ground and cleaned the boots and did the laundry and swept up and made sure the bathrooms and the, the uh, public conveniences were clean and um, all the things that need to be done in a football stadium from match to match. Oh, and then at the end of that, they did the football training. And um, yeah, they did it with, with the, the first team manager. Fantastic. Amazing, amazing story. So I said to Lou, well, so you train twice a week at Celtic Park? And he said, yeah. I said, well, what did you do the other night? He said, I just played in the streets. And that brought me back to the conversation that was had when I visited Celtic, strangely enough, a couple of weeks before we did the interview. And the academy manager at Celtic, he was doing a presentation and he put a photograph on the. It wasn't a photograph, I, I, I correct myself, it was a series of, it was a video. And this video was a, a collection of images of three words. The whole video, it was only a short video, was a collection of images made up of the same three words. Now, what three words can you come up with that, that underline how football in this country as a sport has changed in the last couple of generations. Well, those three words are no ball games. No ball games. And this video showed sign after sign after sign after sign after sign of those three words on walls, on individual signage, on wooden stakes, anywhere that you could think of, no ball games. And it's like the death of great footballers in this country, the death of street football. And possibly, maybe, probably, who knows, one of the reasons that English football with its cultural changes and its demographic changes and, and, and its economic changes and its evolution, has, the, the things that the country has gone through, you know, whether that's Scotland or Ireland, the United Kingdom or the Western world, whichever you want to call it, whatever that evolution is, that little tiny niche part of it, those, that no ball games, which stops kids playing out on the streets, playing on little bits of spare ground, putting coats down for goals and playing 50 against 50 in the street and running onto the pavement when a car comes down or whatever it is. Alongside the evolution of tech and iPads and phones and, and um, media that frightens people into thinking that there's going to be people abducted 
and all the things that have gone on and the awareness changes and all the safety things and the self, you know, the safety conscious, politically correct things that we hear and we do and we follow, all condensed into those three words, no ball games. And here was Lou Macari, one of the, evidentially one of the greatest footballers that they've played for, you know, two of the greatest clubs in the world, certainly in Scotland and England, Celtic and Manchester United and an international at that, who played under some of the greatest managers too and became a very, very, very successful manager, telling us that that's what he did and that's what he believed in. And he believed it was far better than the academy system we've got today. So who am I to, to argue with, with him? And Celtic obviously have taken that on board. And they understand that somehow, some way, they need to introduce that, in inverted commas, street football back into their coaching and their training. I remember visiting Sheffield United a good few years ago, and I know that they had a an area, it was like a cage, an enormous cage, where the kids went and just did their own thing, playing street football. But I think there's something in that. And... Um, Maybe we need to look at getting back towards that to track so that kids have got that ability to find that thing, that thing that makes them great, that isn't structured or is structured by them, that isn't dominated by adults. And um, yes, the world changes and we can't turn the clock back, but there's some interesting food for thought just from those three words. So from Lou Macari and Celtic, no ball games how can we change that and that takes me on to the the second thing which I want to talk about and um, it's not something I've um, talked about a great deal before now but as any of you who know who are interested in the beautiful game there is a lot of a lot of debate moment there's a lot at the moment there's a lot of talk there's a lot of social media noise and there's a lot going on in the media about how in the game, in the game of football, particularly in, in professional football, but also in grassroots, it, it's mirroring society in the fact that there is evidence of, you know, racism and there's evidence of sexism and there's evidence of abuse and there's evidence of bullying or there's, there's items in the news about this kind of thing. And the recently the professional footballers in, in, in England have done a social media ban or a social media strike to highlight their opinion and, and their stance on on racism and bullying and, and, and that kind of thing. And we have the, the Kick It Out campaign and, and the FA campaign to, to make football a, a better place. And, you know, on the back of that, I became involved with two... Um, two people from the Liverpool area, and um, we we together have, have have come together, and the the result of our, our our get together has been the creation of a football app called Our Game. O U R G A M E, Our Game, because football is our game. That's what it is. It's our game. It's not my game. It's not your game. It is our game. It is everybody's game it doesn't belong to anybody no matter what the fa say no matter what fifa say no matter what uefa say nobody owns football nobody has the right to own football yes we want it to be governed we want it to be governed in a in a great way 
but actually nobody owns football. It belongs to us all. It is ours. And that's why we named it our game. And one of our decisions or and one of our drives behind creating our game was to make it a safe, respectful platform where parents, particularly parents, but also coaches and young people, particularly young people, could come with a great deal of confidence in the fact that this space would be, as far as is reasonably possible, a respectful, safe place where bad language, racist language, sexist language, bigotry, bullying, whatever you want to call it, all those things are, as far as is absolutely possible, it, it, it is not wanted, but is also kept away. And these two tech geniuses, um, Darren Galvin and Danny Webster are the names, have created a, 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 a space uh, with, with their workforce that, that is, as far as is reasonably possible, as safe as you can possibly get. And, you know, we are, a, that's what, one of the real drives behind doing it, that it's a space that actually has a zero tolerance and has algorithms in place that prevent that kind of thing occurring and can be stopped in an instant so that parents and, and young people can feel really confident and happy. So, you know, as much as uh, we've done almost a year of the podcast and I don't go on promoting and advertising things unless I think they're, they're worth doing, um, we, we've created our game because um, we think it is the future in terms of aligning ourselves with things that, that, that make the game better. And that links with the, the street football and the no ball games because we want, we want kids, we want young players to be out there playing. We want them doing, doing things, fitness, physicality, enjoying themselves, playing, making up the games themselves, whether that's three and, you know, three and in or 20 aside or, you know, one touch finish games or head tennis or whatever it is so that they can develop themselves as young people. They can learn those interactive skills. They can learn those social skills, those psychological skills, those leadership skills, as well as the technical skills, and challenge themselves and not be worried about, you know, having to fit in and, and, and is an academy choosing them and are they going to get to training on time and traveling an hour and a half to training. So, you know, it's all related and we're trying to bring that back and we're trying to promote that and that's what our game is all about. And if you want to check it out, it's um, you know www.ourgame.online. Um, so check it out, share it. You you can you can interact on there. You can post what you think on there. You can let us know what you think. If you think it's great, if you've got a favourite team, you know you can get on there and you can um, tell us all about it. And and you can interact with people and use it. And you know if you if you if you've got a grassroots team. We have already started supporting grassroots football and we put a, a decent amount of money into grassroots football for, you know, the teams that are out there who are doing it for nothing, the mums and dads who are doing it for nothing, who are doing it because their sons and daughters are involved in football and they're doing it and they're doing sponsorships to get money for, for kit and for travel and for, for safe environments. And we're putting money back into the grassroots game because the grassroots game, in our opinion, are the future of this industry or you know they're the people who are going to grow up and they're going to bring the attitudes 
and the values to the world that are going to be the ones that formulate how how the game goes in the future so that's what we thought we would focus on and um so yeah let us know what you think and it links in with uh with a lot of things that are really really relevant today so let us know what you think it's um www.ourgame.online and uh love to know what you think so there we go all about lou mccary um can't wait to share the uh share the interview and um yeah look forward to sharing that let me know what you think it's www.robriles.co.uk catch me on linkedin um facebook or twitter and um yeah listen great to have you along always enjoy it and appreciate your time catch you later bye bye